This is Devin Mann from Man Versus. The following episode of Man Versus recorded at All In Recording Studios. In order to win, you got to be all in. You hear me? All In Recording Studios. Let's get it, baby. What's up, everyone? How y'all doing? It's Devin with Man Versus again. And we have a reoccurring guest, one of my good friends. How you doing, Nick? I am great. How are you today? This fine Sunday that the Lord has gave us. Amen. Good. Actually, you know what's crazy? I just went to church today, like for the first time in like two, three years. That's That's good. Yeah, I'm trying to get back into it. Like I want to get back into church. Like it's hard for someone like me because like I'm very logical and like I'm very like unemotional and church is such an emotional experience. So like I've been slowly but surely trying to get back into, you know, the Jesus, the religion and stuff like that. Like I started with music like songs and stuff like I'd be posting on my story when I work out and then I'm gonna slowly but surely try to go back to church more and more and more that's good yeah how you been this Sunday man how you been what's up um I've been good I had an unexpected three-day weekend so I cannot complain um unexpected what you mean because you know um shout out to the Braves battle ATL killed in the ATL you know, they canceled school on Friday for us. So I did not go. I did not go to the parade. I sat in my, well, I went and got my hair touched up. You know, you see the part, you see the scalp. Yeah, I see. Um, Period. But, oh, yes, yes. It was good because I was like, ooh, one day off. And then now only 10 school days until Thanksgiving break. So I'm like, push through. I actually just tweeted that. I was like, push I don't through. have to work tomorrow, but only two weeks until Thanksgiving break and then three weeks until Christmas break. So I can't complain. I'm going to just power through. Do y'all get the whole week off for Thanksgiving or like, how, or is it three days? No, it's the whole week. My first year teaching um, was the only time I did not get the whole week, but after that they changed the calendars. And so now I get the whole week. And then after Thanksgiving, it's like what, two weeks of school, then like you're out for Christmas break or winter break. Uh, yeah. Three weeks. So three more weeks after Thanksgiving break. Mm -hmm. And then you're out from what, like December to like the middle of January? Middle of, no, literally um, two days after New Year's. You guys go back on the third? Like the third or the fourth or something like that. We have a teacher work day. So like teacher planning and then the kids come back on like a Thursday or something. But yeah, you know, we got some college breaks. College students go back the day after MLK day or something like that. Yeah, we definitely got like almost a month off of in college like that's what it is that's like the hard reality because you go from like grade school and then you get like your two-week break and then college is like this extended break living your best life and then oh my god not getting a break i'll be like oh, okay yeah because we definitely well depending on when you had your last final because like i didn't i was in birds i was in business we would be done like the second week of december and we were off to like the middle of January like I was be, off for like a whole month it would be the best when like your teacher didn't have you come in for the final take an online final or something like that I'd be out of there oh um, my god that, and it's also bad like for grad school while I was teaching because the breaks weren't really aligned so like I would be done with grad school and be like whew but I still gotta do teaching so I'm like dang can y'all just so wait did you teach and go to grad school at the same time yeah, started grad school my second year teaching, and it was only a year and a half. So, where'd you go to grad school at? I did not. I knew you went to grad school, but I didn't know you did both. Kennesaw, of course. You went to Kennesaw. Yeah. Who do you? Who do you? Their, their um, 
all their teaching programs pretty much are um, 100% online, obviously, unless you're like just going into teaching. But for me, I was going the path of somebody who already had teaching certification. Mm. So it was all online. I had a couple of, well, no, I had one professor that I had an undergrad and he was my savior because my last job was like terrible. And he used to let me call him on his work number and just vent and stuff. He gave me good advice. Mm. Shout out to him. And like, again teaching is teaching so a lot of my professors were teachers so i'm so blessed like you know right now my boyfriend is like he he has his own like struggles and stuff and like hearing him talk about his school experience and how his professors were on him mm-hmm. and um comparing it to like me like if i'm depressed my, my professor were like oh my gosh you need to get your rest because they used to deal with kids like that like yeah everybody else uh, majors and stuff even like y'all with business and everything they like okay and you better get that paper turned in matter of fact since you're so depressed why don't you get it in early <laughs> so you don't have to worry about it like we didn't have none of the problems so yeah actually you talking about um your boyfriend's major versus your major even like job wise i kind of realized something just now when you were talking about it like when you say like you know depression and being sad or whatever it's like at my job, there's some days like where I can kind of like bullshit it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like do like half the work or whatever. But your job, you can't do that because you deal with little kids. Like you deal, you you deal with like live human beings. Like yeah. whereas my job, like I'm a data analyst. So like my job is like a, a lot of numbers and projects and oh, have this by this date. So you kind of do whatever. You can't do that. Like uh, a little bit. So the good thing about dealing, and really some elementary school teachers, but the good thing about being in middle school and even with high school is like, if I'm having a bad day, I can come in and tell my kids, like, leave me alone. Cause they understand. They're a little bit more able to grasp that. Like if I'm having a really bad day, they'll adjust accordingly. Um, but of course, as you're saying, I can't do that all of the time because if I come in all the time, like that's the hard part. When I was student teaching, it was like, if I'm having a bad day, call my collaborating teacher. She'll be like, cool, stay home. And she would like, you know, adjust that. My uh, supervisor for uh, student teacher was real cool about it. But then now, yes, like my school, my principal administration is very, very good about mental health. And like, if I'm off, they're like, take care of yourself. But I still have a job to do. This is still my classroom. As much as it would be nice to be like, take a week off because I'm having a bad week. Now my kids are behind. Now I'm behind. And I'm not just impacting myself. It's like so many different people. And then now the parents kind of getting in like, is she even fit for teaching? Is she this sad and everything? They're looking at something else. So it's such a domino effect that it's like, yeah, sometimes they're better about bad days. But like you said, like, I still have to be like on it more than I'm off because it's going to just cause more problems for me in the long run. Okay. Okay. So that makes a lot more sense because like, I remember being in high school and middle school and I was like, yo, my teachers never take a day off. And I know I was, I was a bad kid. Like I was terrible. Like, Oh my God. Like I would not. uh, Very funny. But (laughs) I would not want to teach me. And I was like, like, so when, cause you're a teacher, so how does like PTO work? How does like you getting rest work? How does, how does all that play into, cause you're still in, like, you're still a, a young adult. Like you're not even 30, you know what I'm saying? Like you're still like in your twenties. So it's like, 
how does that all play into the life of being a young adult while you're a teacher? Because I can take PTO whenever. Like, I just email my director. I'm like, yo, I'm taking, like, in two weeks, I'm taking, like, Thursday and Friday off. And he'd be like, all right, bro, I'll see you that next Monday. i be like, all right, cool. How does it work for y'all? Um, so different counties vary, of course. Like, in my uh, previous county, so, like, holidays. Um so if we have a paid holiday, so Thanksgiving break, Thanksgiving break starts on the last day before Thanksgiving break is the 19th. Mm-hmm. So if I take off the 19th, or I think that'll be the, uh, or the 29th, I won't get paid for that day. Like they can't stop me where I'm at, um, but I won't get paid. Those are called blackout days. However, my last county, it was like, you can't take off at all unless you got a doctor's note. Like I remember, like I said, my first year teaching, I didn't have the whole week. My first year teaching, the Tuesday before we got out, the Wednesday through Friday, I had food poisoning and I threw up like in the middle of the hallway. It was so dramatic. And my principal was like, you need to go home. Before I even threw up, she was like, you look horrible. The school will be back when you get back, you know, go home. And I'm like, you told me to go home, but we came back and she was like, the district is asking for a, a doctor's note. And I was like, can you tell them? You're the one who told me. I threw up in the middle of the hallway, get the camera footage and send the district that. How about that? So there's that, but like in my current county, like take off if you want to, you're just not gonna get paid. Um, we do have three personal days. That's been consistent um, by my last county and this county. And uh, your sick days roll over, but your personal days do that. So. Right now, I've already used um, a day and a half of personal days. So if I don't use this other day and a half, then that's it. I started back over fresh with three next year. Sick days do roll over because that's accumulated time. Like for every X amount of hours you work, you get another sick day or this many hours to your sick days and stuff. Um, I do remember there was a situation last, like my last job before I left, I like hated it. I was like depressed. I was making myself sick all the time. I had panic attacks on the way to work. And I think by November, I had like five or six sick days. And my principal called me in and he was like, you've been sick a lot. Like, I know you got to take care of yourself, but, you know, a substitute can't do what you do. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> um, and I always felt the need to like over explain myself. But at my current job, if I have a sick day. I hate to have sick days. Um, and then, like last week, I just woke up one morning and my body was like, no. And I hate when that happens because my Co-workers are uh, inconvenienced because now we got to figure out what to do with my kids because it's hard enough getting subs, let alone last minute. Um, but if I, you know, if I'm, I'm really not feeling it because my coworkers know I'm not taking off. Like at my last job, my coworkers know like she's taking off. She just don't want to be here. Like, yeah. and I mean, that's still a mental health thing, but it, it does like, it's like, dang. But like here, they're like, I try not to take off. So they're like, if she's taking off, she really not feeling well. So they don't get upset about it. Um, and admin, like I work so hard. They're like, you need to take care of yourself. Like if you're not feeling well, don't come. So, you know, I don't feel the need to say, hey, I'm just not feeling it. I'm like, hey, I'm not coming in today. And they're like, feel better. You know, um, it's not like, well, why? Well, how come you're just not letting us know? It's like, no, you woke up, you had a bad day. That happened. So take your day. Um, but of course, some people have like their patterns, like, oh, I'm sick every Friday. I'm sick every Monday. Like, okay. okay. Right. And stuff. So we try to avoid that. But it's really not that hard of a process. They almost always get approved. There's never a time, like even personally, you know, my principal and I are close. So she'll say, girl, where are you going? But she won't ever be like, no, you're like, she, like we were supposed to go to Orlando. 
Yeah. And I told her, I was, I'm going to Orlando because it was personal time. It's not like I took a sick day and I was like, oh, look at my picture from Orlando. Nah, she was like, it's your personal days. You got it. You take your break. The kid's going to be okay because you know I'm going to leave what I need to leave and, you know, things of that nature. But sometimes, like, I remember I got a personal day denied at my last job and I emailed my principal. I was like, I got jury duty. Like, oh my God. <laughs> write them a note. Not jury duty. Um, I had court. I had a speaking ticket. And I was okay. like, you, you going to write the judge a letter like, um, no, she cannot come into this court date because I'm an asshole. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was like, so it's definitely differs by county how it's handled, but I'm in a good place right now where it's not micromanaged if I have to be out. As long as yeah. I'm staying within my days, then. See, I, I hate the micromanage. Like at my old job, I used to work for ADP, so I don't really care. But yeah, I used to work for ADP and like it was so terrible because before COVID, everything, I was like, this is the best job ever. Like they weren't really on you as long as you did your job. You know, you came into work like they was like, yo, you can, you know, like my manager, he was like, yo, you need to take PT. Like, I, because I'm very much a worker. Like, I, like you, like, you know, like you see like my Instagram story. Like I'm always editing, uploading photos, you know what I'm saying? And then on top of like my actual real job. Right. And so my manager, like about September, no, October, he was like, yo, you have PTO that won't roll. He's like, you need to take like a week off. And I was like, do I? I was like, okay, I guess I do. And I took a week off and I I took like two days just at home and like three days. I don't know. I didn't, I don't know what I did. But then after COVID, oh man, micromanaging, it was so annoying. Like we would take PTO and he'd be like, where are you going? Like, what are you doing? Do you need to take this day? Like, I'm like, okay, I, I get that. We hit hard, but like we hit hard. So people need to take breaks. Like, bro, we can't be working. And they were, they was making us work like overtime. So you were, so you were working like almost 10 hours a day like every day so we were doing that for about two ish two three months so every day for about two three months we were doing that and like at the end of it i was like bro i'm gonna take like a week and a half off like i hate this shit like i can't do this no more yeah that micromanaging bro like it is the reason why i actually left that company and went to my current company at crawford because like i don't like to be micromanaged like i know i'm good at my job so you don't need to micromanage me, bro. Like once you teach me how to do my job, I'm yes. good, bro. Like it might take me a minute to, you know, to understand it or how y'all do y'all's process. But once I learn how to do the job, like after them little couple, two, three, four weeks, whatever you teach me, I'm good now. I don't need you like back off. But you DMing me and 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 messaging me on, on uh, Microsoft Teams, like every, like, what are you doing? I see that you've been idle for like a minute. A minute, bro, if you don't get off my case, bro, I'm not trying to do that. A minute. Yes, bro. And then oh, y'all weren't even paying us like enough to even be doing that for real. Like I could see if we was getting paid like ninety thousand dollars or like a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. I'm like, okay, bro, like that's a lot of money. But like you're not even paying us that. Like what, bro? Relax. You tripping? Like you not been making that much more than me? This is not your. This is not your. Uh, it's not your livelihood. And the crazy part is like my homeboy that still worked there. I asked him about it. I'm like, yo, how's X, Y, and Z? He was like, bro, I hate it. Like everyone on left, yeah. no one wants to get hired. Our team is in half. Like no one likes it here. And I'm like, I hate it here too, bro. That's why I left. You gotta, you know, come come join the train. You feel me? <laughs> gotta take care of you. If not benefit you, gotta go. Yeah, that's what I and that's what I tell a lot of people too. Like when they're looking for jobs and stuff, like when they ask for like salary raises or like more benefits or whatever, I'm like, yo, ask them for a salary raise, right? And then if they say, oh well, we're gonna deny you the salary raise. 
you immediately ask them, well, what do I need to do in order to get the salary raise? And then if they don't, if they, if they don't say, oh, well, there's nothing you can do, then you jump ship. Because if there's nothing I can do and this is my cap, why am I still here? Yeah. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I tell a lot of girls that because a lot of girls, they're afraid to negotiate salaries and talk about salaries and stuff. Like a company's not going to fire you for asking for more money. They're just going to be like, yes or no. Like it happens. I ask for more money all the time. I see it. Yeah, man. Like it's it's a uh, it's it's a process with the uh, with I don't know how to put it, but like I think girls are kind of intimidated by that whole factor. Like even when you get hired, like they don't want to ask for you know. Like when my girl, she got hired, right? Like at her current job, I was like, nah. Like if they come back with like twenty two, ask for like twenty five or twenty six, or if they come back with twenty five, ask for like twenty seven or twenty eight. Like just, like push it. Like either they're gonna say yes or no, and they and they'll probably meet you halfway. So yeah. if they're coming with twenty two and you ask for like twenty eight, they'll probably be like, okay, we'll do like twenty four fifty. And you're like, all right, bet. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, that's the extra two dollars and fifty cents every hour that you get paid. You feel me? Right. Yeah, people. I just I wish I wish a lot more girls were you know kind of like you in that aspect of you know take your time and do what you want to do and you know think about yourself. You know what I'm saying? Those uh. It's hard because like even with my last job, I was miserable and it was still a battle of and part of that, too, is um, with a lot more with men being more, I guess, assertive in those types of demands, um, because part of it, too, was like, okay, I need to leave this job. But my original job search getting out of college wasn't, you know, great. Now I've had this rough year where I wasn't always on my A game. The person who has to write me these references is um, a dick and I'm trying to get out. Like, I'm scared I won't get hired. And by the grace of God, I did, you know? Uh, so taking that leap to putting in that resignation, uh, demanding what you want, you know, it was hard because the person that I am that advocates for myself now, I wasn't before. So there were also things I was letting slide when I was like, I should have checked that, you know? Um, I should have said something. I should have advocated for myself. And I probably would have had um, a better experience, but I didn't. So it, it kind of circulates back to that. Like, you know, you got to be firm. Like certain stuff I was scared to advocate for myself because I knew that I also was lagging in some areas. Now, you know, I dot my T, I mean, I dot my I's and cross my T's. So if something happens, I know I can stand up for myself because I've been on my shit. Yeah. Uh, so that goes in like a big thing too with like making moves for yourself, advocating for yourself. If you know you've been doing what you're doing, like say something to somebody. Like don't, don't let nobody talk to you a certain kind of way. Don't let people undermine your job. Don't get caught up in nothing. I mean, anything that'll. How did you get there to that point? Huh? How did you get there to that point? Like, was it an age thing? Was it an experience thing? Was it changing? I think it was, I think it was more so my specific experience, like learning from the mistakes, first and foremost. Like so many things that happened in my last job that I was like, where was I wrong in this? You know, that accountability factor, as well as like knowing my environment, like I should have got out sooner if I could have. And then like for my new experience, I was like, you know, I didn't have to get this chance. Um, I was like so blessed that I sat there in that interview, rocked my interview. My now principal called me like 10 minutes after my interview. She was like, we want to offer you the job. And I was like, 
I'm scared for you to call my reference because I had a rough year. And she was like, well, where you're at is not where you're coming to. So hmm. we're going to start over. You know what I'm saying? And for somebody to have taken that chance on me, I, how can I come to this new place and not do what I'm supposed to do? Facts. You know, um, and, and and not be open about my state mistakes and ask for help and document when I'm asking for help because that was another thing that I wasn't doing. Like I had to get better with documentation, especially in the world of teaching. Um, documentation is so important because not only is it like your work and everything, but you're doing people's kid, you know? I can't just fail a student and never have contact with their parent. Even something as simple as sending grades home. Like I didn't email grades every week. How you didn't see this uh -huh. going on. So that became so important. So I just had to learn and really level up and learn how to play. Cause even though teaching is like, oh yeah, cute songs and hugs and children. It's, it's, it's a political world too. So if you're not taking care of yourself or finding the people or also finding the people who will help you take care of yourself. Oh, go drown. I've seen it happen to so many teachers, even at my last job. Only reason I stayed afloat was because I had a strong support system in some of my coworkers. Mm -hmm. And luckily I left there a little beaten up, but but not done for. And that's fine. I, I think that's okay. I, I think I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people have a misconception about jobs and life and like even not even exclusively teaching like how you said you left beating up but you're not done you feel me because life is not easy like life is gonna beat you up you feel me like life is gonna you know life is gonna hit hard and as long as you bounce back you'll be okay now you don't have to bounce back immediately you know like that doesn't happen for everybody because it takes time for you to uh get to where you need to be instead of from like from where you're going you get what i'm saying mm -hmm. because like when i was looking for a new job at my old job at adp it took me almost nine months to get a new job and i hated my old job you get what i'm saying like and i was telling and people who who's, who look for new jobs now i'm like yo realistically bro it's gonna take you anywhere from six months to a year to find you a new job and you're gonna need to fill out like five applications a day Mm -hmm. like ain't no way around it bro i'm like i'm starting like because you gotta realize you're you're graduating or you're looking for a new job in like the worst market ever in in our you know modern history like we had to deal with covid you know what i'm saying we had a president uh election you feel me like we had a bunch of things that was going on that have affected people getting jobs like we got a chip shortage people don't even know how bad the chip shortage is like there are if you go to like any lexus bmw uh, Dodge, Chevy, or whatever, there are no cars. So if you graduate in a business degree and you're trying to sell, bro, you're not getting hired. You feel me? If you're doing uh, engineering and you want to help build cars and do be a mechanic and stuff like that, you're not going to get hired, bro. Like my dad, uh, he has a friend that works for Kia Motors. They only do one shift now, like a day. They used to run like almost 24-7. You're talking about you went from 24-7 to running one shift a day? And only doing Monday through Friday, bro, you're in like the worst job market that you could possibly think of. And yeah, things would probably get better around 2023 or 2024 when, you know, the chips start getting made and, you know, the economy go back to normal and everything's opening up. And But like, realistically, bro, like you're, you're not going to get a job for at least six to 12 months. And that's if you apply, like how you're supposed to be doing it. Like asking people, yo, can you refer me? 
You know what I'm saying? Texting people, emailing people, uh, going to, uh, where are those little, those conference, what are they called? Kennesaw, like every college has them. Career fairs. Career fairs. Yes, career fairs. Yeah, yeah, going to those, you know what I'm saying? Trying to get the job because it's not easy to get a job in this economy right now, you know? Like even someone like me and someone like you who had experience, who know, who has a degree, who has some certs behind them, it was hard for us to get a job. And you're like a senior coming out of college, my guy, with almost no experience. And I'm like, that's the crazy part because it's always a gamble. Like I had a little bit of, because I'm a black woman teaching math and they're like, ooh. Some counties were like literally to my face, like that's great for our diversity. I'm like, ah, okay, I mean, hey, yo, check big enough. I mean, I might just be that token for you. I'm not even gonna lie, as long as Use you keep on me. But um, Use it's it, hard because you know some schools are just taking whatever they can get, and their climate is horrible. You trying to get to them good schools, it it is rough because not a lot of teachers are leaving. And they're like, who are you? You got to have somebody to get your foot in the door. And that's how it is like across the board. If you're trying to get into them good companies, you know, you got to have a good reference. And your reference can't just be somebody who barely doing their job at work because they're like, ew, I don't trust that guy. Like, you want to make sure you find somebody who's actually like, oh, that person wasn't going to work for you? I know that wasn't bullshit. So, you know what? Let me bring you in. And that's a real because like, it's rough out here. Like when I left my old school, it was there were some schools that were, you know, emailing me like, "Come out," and I was just like, "This is the same climate. I can't, I can't <laughs> go back into this environment." So it, it it was rough trying to get to where I am now. Um, and there were certain schools that you know I already had counted myself out because I was like, "This school or this system is so good that." I feel like it will almost be an insult to this principal to come in and do this interview. And there were some schools that, yeah, they they got my references and stuff. And they had me for the interview. But after really checking my references, one principal told me, he was like, yeah, your references were so just, I, I don't even know. Like he was saying like they were vague or whatever. And I feel like he was being nice about it. But he was like, I can't even, I can't even like recommend you for hiring to the board. Jeez. Now, mind you, it was a blessing because... I was only going to be making 1000 more in that county and ended up getting like an $11,000 uh, salary increase. Oh, yes, girl. It was a burn. But it was like, as much as that job would have been cool, like when I think about it on the back end, that job would have been a lot more work because I would have been teaching math and Spanish and English. So I would have been having to like really work hard over the summer. What and the then again, like I would have been going from making 37K to 38K. I was like, uh, this ain't doing nothing for me. Yeah. Um, even with, even if I would have went to that county and got my master's like I did, because I got my master's um, at the end of my first semester at my new school in 2019. Even with my master's, I would have been making less in that county than I was when I started in my current county. So I was like, you know, God has a plan, but it still stung going through the motions with some of the schools. It was just kind of like rejection emails and everything. Luckily, teaching has a, a quicker turnaround when you're trying to get jobs because a lot of principals, like my principal, I asked her and that's when I really knew I was coming into myself because I, I came into that interview with so much confidence. Like I got a good vibe from the school. I got a good vibe from the administration that was emailing me. 
And I asked her, I said, so when will I hear something? Because I feel like I fit, fit in great here. And she made fun of me about that all the time. She'd be like, you, you, was, you was cocky after your uh, interview. I was like, well, hey, I mean, if I'm not putting my best foot forward, you would have been like, oh, she too. Like, I got told that one time at an interview. Like, you're too shy. How are you going to come in the classroom if you're shy in this interview? And I'm like, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I've always thought about that with, like, introverts and being a teacher. Like, I, like, I know a couple introverts who want to be a teacher, and I don't speak on it because, like, it's not my place unless you ask me. Now, if you ask me, be prepared for the truth. But I know a couple of introverts and I'd be like, you don't even talk to me. How are you going to talk to 20 kids in a class? I was like, and uh, I'm one person. It's a very low number. It's class out here pushing 40, so. Uh, no, 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 no. 40 kids? I mean, my biggest classroom um, since I've started teaching has been 36 kids, but. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 20 yeah how, like, how's it? But before we even talk about that, there's something you said earlier, how you were saying some schools are just so desperate that they're just going to take anything, right? Now, does that mean, like, do or not mean, but do you think that is also hurting long term in the educational system? Like why teachers don't want to teach, kids don't want to go to school, why school systems are failing, because that could be a piece of it where, you know, kind of like a job, right? If you just take anyone for the job, of course, they're not going to do it right. Like you want to get, you know, how do you raise that standard? Like, how do you fix that portion of it? You get what I'm saying? I mean, like, and, and you ever had those teachers that like, would just come in class and they'd be like, oh. I just don't want to be here. Oh, facts. It's like you, you, you went to school for this. You applied for this job. Like, and some teachers are, it is their last resort because they knew like things were different back then. And like, oh, I could go teach. Um, but yeah, it has a big impact because again, you got those teachers that come in and they're like, I'm just here because I needed some type of money. Like teacher money is not even that great, but I needed something to get me by. Or I'm just here just because, and like, it really like, it kills the students because they're lacking uh, interaction. Now with high school, you can let that slide a little bit, but then high school is more crucial for the academics because now we're getting into some serious college level stuff um, and getting ready for college, but it, it, it ruins it. And like principals who just accept anything, it's like, now you wonder why your building falling apart. You got staff members always beefing, the staff members beefing with the kids, these new stories about teachers hitting kids and whatnot. That's wild. It, it, it's, it's, it's a mess. So that's why I'm also glad my principal, um, especially this past year, you know, when I came in and met some of the new teachers, I was like, y'all really excited to be here. Mm-hmm. And that's what me. And people are going to feel like how they feel about, you know, your own personal school, your administration. But I'm like, if you're coming in here and you're for the kids, keep that at your forefront. And on my hardest days, that's kind of what I have to remind myself. I'm not even here for everything else. I'm here for the kids. I'm here to teach math. That's it. Um, So when you have people that really want to be there, as opposed to people that just needed a job, like it just changes that environment just that much. Um, so yeah, just kind of taking anything off the street, just being real about it, man. And some of my coworkers, I've been looking like, mm-hmm. you just here because they can't find a reason to fire you. But I try not to be that person. But I'd be like, they need to fire you. They can't find a reason why you will sue if they fire you, huh? You need this money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all got the teachers union, right? We ain't no union in Georgia. There's no union in Georgia. A lawyer up. 
lawyer up and get some I did not know that. Not Wait, why don't you have a union? Like I've I always hear about how like uh like I know New York has a union. I think Cali has a union. I know Chicago uh-huh. does because they sh- like had a strike for like 60 days or something like that. Um so why don't I've, you have a union? I've never really looked into the the why. I just know that's like a common theme. It's like we don't have one. Um, and of course, nobody like me. I ain't gonna go start no TG. I ain't gonna hold you because I'm not gonna be the one. <laughs> I need job security right now. Um, until my man can uh, get enough money to have me be a stay at home mom, then like I got, oh you know, I gotta, I gotta make sure. That you- <laughs> I'm so, I'm so sorry, bro. <laughs> she don't mean it. <laughs> she don't mean it. <laughs> oh, but. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to keep these paychecks rolling in. So I ain't, like, I'll push the button in places that I can't, but something like that, I'm like, okay, somebody else started. And I may follow after you get, like, a thousand followers. But, like, for right now, I'm just like, let me document, stay on my stuff, don't incriminate myself, and just do my job. So That's good to hear. I'm glad that that you're, you know, from 2019 to the end of 2021 going to 2022 that you've, you know, it was a hard road, but you got here. But speaking of the, you know, because I got to ask you and bring it up. How was COVID? How was... <laughs> how- <laughs> First off, you're saying was. How is COVID? It's still there. Now, they're saying the numbers are dropping. And I don't know. I feel like people are literally just... Their immune systems are really kicking in now. Because yeah. it is it is something. And you don't have to preface what I say by saying, like, I love teaching. Um, even on the hardest days, I truly do love teaching. I have rewarding moments like every day. Um, When I get like, I went to a football game a couple weeks ago. I went to my uh, feeder school's homecoming Mm -hmm. and seeing my old kids, I was like, and how much they still love me and things of that nature. So, so it's not completely, you know, like I hate it, but it's so tough right now. Like I'm just, it, there's a delay. You know, it's the hardest part is that to you seventh grade. So, you know, God bless sixth grade teachers. But for us to, our kids have never seen a middle school, like a real middle school experience. Yeah. The ones that came in person last year, it was small group and you got more attention and you can use your notes on tests and everything. So getting them into like real seventh grade expectations and middle school expectations is like, you can't do that. You need to do this. You can't just get up and do what you want to do. Don't touch my stuff. This is not your show. We have to think about everybody. You're not better than anybody else. Speak up if you need something. Advocate for yourself. <laughs> right at home. It's like, oh my gosh. These are things that I feel like I shouldn't even have to say at this point because even in, you know, fifth grade, they start they're not going to accept that in middle school, sixth grade, you start really learning the routines and stuff, but they got babied so much for a year and a half. Like a lot of my kids, I feel like they don't take school serious right now because they got passed for a year. Or nothing. Like 2020, you know what I'm saying? 19 to 20, they got passed because the co- the pandemic hit. So they're like, well, how can you really fail a kid? And I'm like, well, I mean, we only shut down in March. What were they doing from August to February? Um, 20 to 2021 I mean 20 yeah um again we did all of this documentation and they were like yeah we're not feeling any kids and I was like 
couple of kids need it. But in order to fail those kids, it was so much paperwork. And mind you, I am not a proponent. I know I make a lot of jokes that kid gonna fail because they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Um, I'm not, you know, like fail those kids, leave that child behind. But I do <laughs> feel like so bad. If you're not doing what you're supposed to do, clearly something didn't click because I know that school is not everybody's cup of tea, but I know for a fact, like myself and my teammates, my four core teammates, we make it so much easier than we could. I'm really probably the meanest teacher um, for my content and grade level because sometimes it's in meetings and I'm like- What do you mean by that? Like, do you mean like the most aggressive or the most truthful? Nah, it's more so like the stuff that we give them. I hold my kids to high expectations. That's good. I'm like, you're going to talk, you're going to use the vocabulary. Um, you know, like something as simple as saying numerator. My kids will be like the top of the fraction. I'm like, the what? The top. What is it called? Dude. Figure it out. Um, That's good, though. Sometimes like we make tests and stuff and they'll be like, oh, I feel like that language is a little bit too complicated. And I'm like, well, my kids should know that. Um, and we talk about those things. Like when they don't do well on my test, I'm like, we talked about all of this because y'all are not using your notes. Like I tell them, you know, I reflect on so much in my own teaching practices. But at the end of the day, I teach you to a certain level. But if oh, you're not good. doing what you do to meet that, then we're all wasting our time. Um, but... Dang, I forgot what we were asking for again, like before I said the meanest teacher. Um, oh, before the meanest teacher, we were talking about uh, you passing kids and failing kids and, you know, why. Oh, you right. So, like, even with me teaching like that, I still give my kids so many opportunities. Like, right now, you know, my kids come in every first five or seven minutes of class. They have a warm up. Every week they get a warm up sheet. Okay. Now. All right. I take this warm-up sheet every Friday for a grade. All they have to do is try. I'm not looking for accuracy. I'm not looking for you to write me, you know, the theory of relativity. I just want you to try the problem. I still have kids that get zeros on it weekly because they lose it. They don't do anything. They're like, well, I didn't know it. You don't have to know it. Some of this stuff you're not going to know. It's called an activating strategy, meaning that it's trying to activate your mind for the day's lesson. It's, it's no more to it. But I'm like, if you're not even taking, you know, half of their yeah. grade book is the activating strategy sheet. Mm. So I do little things like that because I know math is not their thing. Um, they hate it. And I try to find ways to make the class engaging. And I try to give them these cushion grades to help them out. Because I know that the test might be harder. Any quizzes I might give might be harder. So let me give you something to boost that confidence when you see your grade. Like, even though you know it's kind of like a gimme grade. You're still like, oh, my feather says, but hey, I got these 100s because I've been putting in effort every day. And that's my big thing. Like we have Monday motivation in my class. So every Monday I either do Ooh, affirmation or, <laughs> or I talk to them before we start our math week. And I'm like, you know, the biggest thing I've been saying is just like, I need y'all to try. I need you guys to try. If we're trying, we're going to get it. But if we're not trying, if we're not reviewing notes, if we're just kind of sitting here and doing nothing, it's going to end in a way that you don't want it to. I, there's nothing I can really like help with that. Facts. Like to kind of to kind of put in that logic. And I'm not saying that every teacher is going to do this. But when I was my my final semester of my senior year of college, um, I had took uh, six classes, low-key seven, 
because one of them was like a two-part class, but I say six or seven. I took seven classes and I didn't tell anybody. I just got it done. No, 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 no. But the crazy part is one of those classes, right? So it was uh, only five grades. So it was three tests, a single project and a group project, right? So I took the first test. I failed it. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, sir. <laughs> I was like, so after I felt the first test, I went to the uh, the teacher and I met with him every single day for uh, once or twice a week for the whole rest of the semester. The second test, I passed it, but it wasn't enough for me to pass the class. The third test, I passed it and it was like a lot better. I, I think I got like a, a 91 or something like that. But uh, the group project was bad because I had like some bad partners or whatever. Like, you know, I'm going to discuss that. But the individual project, I did good. And so last time I had checked my grade, I had a 68 walking across the stage. But he gave me those additional points. And like, I went to talk to him afterwards or whatever. And he was like, yeah, he was like, because like you put in the effort. He's like, I could tell that you were actually, you know, trying. Like you weren't waiting till the last week of December to be like, yo, what is your do I can to fix my grade? Like I need to pass this class. Like you were doing this in September. You know what I'm saying? Like the effort, like you're saying, you know, just put forth the effort and you never know where it could take you. Now, will every teacher do that? Absolutely not. Not every teacher's going to do that. Did I get lucky? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he's just a good teacher or maybe I was a good. I don't know. But I do agree with you on the whole statement of, yeah, if you put so if you put forth some effort from the beginning, and if you don't understand the, the, the assignment or you don't understand the logic or whatever, just put forth the effort and like, you know, I'll meet you somewhere like I'll see what we can do to get you to where you need to be. You know what I'm saying? And that's, you know, and there are so many examples of that, just like little things. Like I had a, my um, professor in college and I took sociology. She was like, I have the roster here of everybody's pictures. If I can recognize your face from you sitting in class, you will not fail my class. I will help you pass this class. Like say you, like you had that 68. She would have got you over the, like the hump because you came to class every day when you could have just been skipping and doing whatever. But she was like, I see the dedication. Same thing I've had professors like my same professor. Um, that semester I was going through hell and back. I was about to get a D in his class and I needed a C to qualify for the next class I needed. And he was like, hey, there's a homework assignment that you had missed when you were going through it. Do that real quick. And it got me the points I needed to have the C to pass. So little things. And that's just even, and it's like the personal reward. I have a student right now and I love his parents. I love him. He's a great kid, but I noticed him shutting down on himself. His parents literally like they're gone in the morning. So they pay somebody to bring him to tutoring every Tuesday for me and Wednesday for the other subjects. And just him coming into tutoring and getting that little extra love, he has been killing it this past like few weeks since that started. And even on his um, parent conference, they came in and I was like, I have nothing negative to say. I know he's still a fan of my class. He had like a 65, but I was like, that will not last for long because he has that little confidence now and we're seeing the effort. So we're like, yeah, like, where do you need help with? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is it that we can do more because we're seeing the effort and I'm just not in this uh generation of teaching where 
I want to hassle a kid about everything they're supposed to do. Like if a kid is giving up on themselves and they're struggling, then I'm there to pep talk you. But if you're just sitting there and doing absolutely nothing, after my first, like maybe one or two tries of like, okay, something going on at home. Am I talking to you? If you just don't care, I can't make you care. And the bad part is some of them don't care and won't care because again, the past two years of school that they had, it's like I could have sat home and did nothing the whole year because y'all feel so bad about the pandemic and don't know what I was personally going through. I'm going to pass regardless. And that's such a hindrance to us because when I told my kids, I was like, you think, you think you won't end my class with an F. <laughs> Not the right one. <laughs> Not because it's fun for me, because it's so unfair. I tell my kids that at least once a week, my kids hear the statement. It's so unfair to me because I'm like, I'm busting my butt to make math enjoyable for you who told me you hated it before you even really knew how to pronounce my last name. And I do so much in this class to help you and you're not taking advantage of it. So at that point, you need that reality check. And that's well, the problem. Students haven't had a reality check. So they're like, well, whatever. I think it's good for certain people to fail. I think it's good that, so people when they like, okay, I get it, like failing is bad, but if you look at it objectively, like everything has a lesson to it. You know what I'm saying? Like some people fail once and be like, oh no, never, never again. I'm what, failing? I did that like when I was in 10th grade, I'm never going to do that again, bro. And like, they go on to be the most successful people. You feel me? And then there are some people who never fell in their life. And then when they fell later in life, they don't know how to handle it. Like you've never taken an L bro. Like you need an L. Everyone needs an L in their life. I personally think it's better if you're younger, like the younger you are, I think it's the better it is for you. Like around the age of like 15 and like 22, I think that's when you should really experience L's like, you know, losses in life, because it's like you learn, well, you should learn from those losses in life. You and that's what a good thing. Cause I mean, I was like the queen of taking L's and just, uh, and mind you, I was diagnosed with like a mental disorder, but like the stuff I went through in high school and even, you know, up until I graduated college, because as much as people think you're supposed to be grown in college, it's just extended high school, getting ready for the real world. Yeah. Um, And so much like that I went through then and even a couple more things in my early 20s, like really set me like to where I am now. And of course, I'm not perfect because nobody is. But I feel like had I not gone through so much before, Mm -hmm. I would not be the person I am right now. So I'm like thankful for like every single L that I've taken you know, being on the brink of failing and having to pull myself up and knowing how exhausted that made me and how much I didn't like that. Because that's what I tell my students now. I'm like, how does it feel trying to get all this late work in at the last minute and not even knowing if you're really going to finish it for real? Um, And that like wakes them up because they kind of start seeing that I'm not budging. And again, I don't do it to be mean. I'm just like, if if I help you out now, and give you all the time in the world and you weren't on your stuff first off that is an inservice a disservice to me and you because you're not learning you like every time in my class now you coming in like okay she gonna let me do what i want to do so forget this no i feel that i feel that that's true because like it's kind of like um you know those parents that spoon feed their kids like their whole life Mm-hmm. and they think that they're helping them because like i mean i get it you love your kid you you know obviously but you also have to give your kid tough love for them to grow up and be mature 
And I feel like, you know, that's, what, that's kind of what you're doing with your kids um, with the whole teaching. And, you know, it's like, well, it's not going to go this way. Like, not everything's going to go this way in life. You feel me? And I think that's a good, I think that's, I personally think that's a really good lesson and a really good way to teach kids. Like, you can't just come here, do half the work, bullcrap it, and think you're going to pass or get a good grade. Like, nowhere in life can you do that. Some days, maybe because you're right. not feeling it every day. I get it. You feel me? But like 95% of those days, you should be putting in the effort, the work. Like, prime example, when I refer people, I only refer people that I know, like you said earlier, like way earlier in the podcast, I only refer people that I know are going to put forth of like that effort because like my name is attached to it. I'm not going to put forth this some ranky thing. Oh, yeah, I don't even know this dude, like, but he needed a job. Like, no, bro. Like, I need to know if you're serious. And then, like, when I refer you and you're asking me about the job, you're like, okay, what do you do exactly? Like, you think I can do this? Or if I'm not good at this job, what do you think I could feel? I'm like, all right, bro. Okay, I see the dedication, bro. I'm going to fight with you. I'm going to give you a reference. I got you. I'm going to talk to the hiring manager. I'm going to talk to the talent acquisition. I'm going to see what we can do for you. Feel me? Because I just had a friend. Um, she's actually a model uh, I shot. Um, and like we became friends through the modeling things and like we had mutual friends or whatever. Like I love her. She's so nice. But, um, you know, she was asking about marketing and she was like, what are the different aspects of it? Like, cause you know, like there's data side and then there's like the front end marketing. Like, like when you see like the big M you think of McDonald's, hey. you see like, uh, the four leaf clover and like the little Irish dude, you like, Oh, O'Reilly's like, and then there's like the data side, like how many people are buying this? Is it women? Is it men? Is it children? What race is it? Are, is it Chinese people? Even within Chinese people, is it the older generation or the younger generation, right? And I told her, I'm you know more the data side. And like, we had almost an hour and a half call on, um, you know, marketing and data and like the front end and the back end and like, you know, combination of the both. And in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, I've got to get, I've got to get her an internship or I've got to get her a job. Because if I don't, I'm doing this a disservice to her and me because you're going to make me look good and vice versa. Like I'm going to make you look good. I'm like, yo, she knows what she's talking. Like she wants to do this for real, for real. Like she's on it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I totally agree with you with that. Like put forth that effort. Don't do the half-ass. Like I, I hate when people, when they half-ass, like I, I don't like it. Maybe because I don't know my, I don't know. Maybe because like my dad raised me or whatever, but I just hate the whole, yeah, I'm a, like the C's get degrees, like I get it, but it's like, no, like aim for a B at least, you feel me? Like, why would you want to be average? And that's what it's like trying to push students to that thinking. So they feel that way, like at this age, it is really hard, um, especially when so many come from a place, especially in math, because you know, with math, it's not just a they hate it in school. It's like their parents are like, well, I was never good at math. And it's like, can you please stop talking to them like that? Because they're going to think like, oh, I'm just like you. So I'm not going to get it. Um, but just putting in that effort, it's like, it's, it's applies to so many, so many different aspects. So it, it's real. And I try to reflect that in my classroom as much as possible, but it can get difficult and super frustrating. <laughs> Just like, you know, I just told somebody else's story. I keep talking about this. The other day in my class, we we're doing inequalities. And I went and asked every single person in my class and said, give me a number greater than one. Oh, you're talking about math. I thought you were talking about like racism. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I do have a very diverse school. And um, 
this kid kept telling my coworker that he only kept getting in trouble because he was black and she was white. And I was like, I pulled him out because I, typically I'm the one who goes talk to the kids after stuff like this. And I was like, if she was racist, do you think that she was working at this school? And almost as if God wanted to emphasize my point, this you know young Indian young lady came in like walking down the hallway with her like they were like everything traditional garb like every day and I was like see what I mean and I was like but that was just funny that she said something about like racism because that isn't something like my kids I'm like y'all are in one of the most diverse schools and how did all the stuff that because I know last time when you were on the podcast we talked about it in my first season so how did all the stuff that happened last year and that's currently happening this year like with because last year all the action happened like you know all the i don't want to say it that sounds so bad like all the unjust things happen right and now this year is like the year of all the trials that's everything's happening because usually when you get arrested you don't actually have your trial till like a year later if people don't know that so like how how did your school and younger because i know they're younger and they i don't well actually i don't know so let me say that i'm gonna just let you talk like, how did all that happen? How are they taking it? Do they know what's going on? Do they care? Like, you know, parents, like, how are you incorporating it or not incorporating? You know how, like, just do your spill, girl. Um, these kids don't care. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's either they're ignorant to it or I had some kids with a little dark humor. So they'll make jokes about certain bigger things. And I'm like, that's not funny. Um, I hear a lot in the middle school classroom. These kids are really dark. I'm like, oh, what are you going through at home, child? <laughs> um, but it just, and I wonder if it more so appears in my other coworkers' classes that have like the social studies and everything. But it hasn't really permeated anything um the biggest debate I've heard as far as race relations were like this one kid that was not black was saying he had an n-word pass and I was like I'm the wrong teacher for you to be saying this with no you don't have that pass nobody in here should be saying the n-word I don't care if you're black white whatever you are no. I don't in my classroom um but they don't it, it's it's good and bad because I do want them to be more aware of the world and what's going on but you know, a part of me is glad that I, I don't have to diffuse situations or have those hard conversations because as much as you want to advocate for certain things, you have to have the reality that everybody's home is not the same. Mm. Certain things that teachers go and tell kids and they take you home. Now you're stuck defending yourself to an irate parent who was like, why were you telling my kid that garbage? And da, 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 da. So I'm just kind of happy, honestly, to avoid all of that piece um and then certain things we don't talk about in school because we are you know separated from government which is crazy because we still do the pledge every day but whatever i'm not um but you know i'm i'm not really allowed to talk about politics or religion so it kind of takes away from that side of things especially because a lot of my kids have different takes on things you know my first period alone i have a Haitian student and I have a student like I have two students from different sides of Europe um I've had Asian students you know um 
I have a whole bunch of Hispanic students. Um, so everybody's walks of life are different and what they're seeing. Cause you know, we see one side of media. So like, you know, things that go on in South Asia and whatnot, we see one side of that, but I have students who actually come from that side of the world who are seeing a whole different side of things. So that's even something that, especially in an environment like mine, gotta be real careful because I might say something like, the US is saving lives, but one of my students' kids could have just been killed. Yeah. I mean, one of my uh, students, like family members could have just been killed by US military. Mm-hmm. And it could be unintentional or intentional. But it's just something that you have to be very, very careful about, especially with their young minds. Um, and again, with things that they're hearing at home, because their parent, their kids who just go to school because they have to, and their parents are at home like, fuck America, fuck your American teachers, and da da da. da. And they got to come into school and they're like looking at me like, dirty bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it, it, it's crazy. Um, but it hasn't really impacted much of what we do. Um, you know, we haven't. On my end, I have a, a relatively good group of kids. So, you know, they, they weren't like making it, you know, terrible, like saying terrible things and whatnot. Yeah. Just like some dark jokes that were kind of like, but nothing that was like crazy. Nothing that you wouldn't see on Twitter, honestly. Right. Um, Let's they have all these discords and stuff and all of these. Like they're, they're such a technological um, generation that they see so much more than I ever saw when I was their age. I couldn't even text. I had a flip phone that I had to raise the antenna to get better service when I was their age. So that's when we had singular, you know? Yes. Like they don't even know what singular is. They have, they have iPhone 13s and whatnot and Apple watches and iPads and MacBooks <laughs> and whatnot. So they, they have so much more access to everything that's going on to where they're like desensitized to it. Like we are. Like they're like, oh, somebody else got killed. Well, hey, let me study for my math test. Like, yeah, that's facts. That did it. Kind of did feel like that last year. Um, mainly more so in 2020 than any other time because it felt like it was every week. And then the crazy, and then the crazier part is, is not like it actually happened every week. It happened like a year ago or like six months ago, but stuff just got leaked. You know what I mean? And it's like, like, what were they doing between that time? Like, were they just going to sweep it on the rug? And it kind of just made me wonder like, okay, what else have they swept on the rug? But even to talk about, you know, everything that happened last year or everything that happened the year before that, or even this year, like I, as a black person was kind of salty about a lot of stuff. Like, so the whole George Ford thing, okay, yeah, yay, we got a W, cool. But then like, we I'm didn't get the, <laughs> you get what I'm saying, but, <laughs> but like the Asians protested and nothing, this is not a jab against them. But the Asians protested, you know, stop Asian hate. You know, they protested and all the stuff. Got their building like a month and a half. And then it's like black people, we've been protesting since what, 1850 and they got nothing. And it just kind of made me a little salty about it. And then I, I don't know. I just feel like as black people, we just never get anything government wise or like bill wise from, you know, our government where everyone else does. And it just kind of just made me think about like, you know, how does the younger generation feel about it? Because like, I could only imagine how it looks, 
you know, from like a kid or like a teenager looking up at adults and it's like, dang, the adults hate this shit. Like, why should I like it if they hate it? They supposed to love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they taking L's, I know I'm gonna take an L. Like, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to be on that wave. Like, I don't want to do that. You feel me? And and just, like, yeah, you speak. But it's just, I think on that aspect, like seeing the adults part of it is more real now. Like, I know in my home, I never, I may be caught like when things were off, like about my parents only a few times, mm -hmm. but they sheltered me from a lot, you know? And even with my teaching, of course, professionalism, there are certain things that kids don't know. Like if I have a bad day, it's just like, oh, Ms. Love is having a bad day. Or I might tell them like, yeah, this year is hard. It's a lot going on, you know? But they're still not seeing the realities of it from me per se. But there are certain um, households that are like super honest with their kids and their kids are way beyond their years because their parents are like, the government hate us, your neighbor hate us, your teacher probably hate you and da da da. Um, so, so that really ages a kid. And that's kind of where it comes in, what you're talking about. Like, dang, like as a kid, I'm like, do I really want to grow up and be in this yes. world? Because if I already do not like how my life is, because some students are like miserable and I'm so sad because they don't have access to the help they need. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, I already hate my life pretty much. And you know, I tell my kids, I don't ever like want to downplay drama, but there are certain things that were like the worst things in the world to me as a student, like as a middle schooler and now as an adult, I'm like, that happened? Oh, you know what I'm saying? But when something is so big to you in that moment and you already hate your life, you feel like something's going on, that, that goes into so much more of the mental health aspect of students because they're like, I go home and then my mom is telling me everything that's wrong with the world. Or like, I see my dad and my parents struggling. It's like, where is the way out? And you know, that's why I say like some kids are really struggling and stuff when they come in, they don't do anything because they're like, what's the point? Ooh. And those kids, like, I really feel for, you know, they don't kind of go into my rant about like doing nothing because that's real. Like, how can you tell somebody like it'll get better when it's not even better for the people that they look up to and genuinely care about? So going back into like everything that's going on in the world, it's like, if my parents are already telling me like, you know, if something happens to me, another racial group will get more justice than I ever will. Then like, what, what, am, what am I really living for? What am I trying for? What am I doing these things to try to make a better life when it never really gets better for me or my people, it seems. So that's yeah, the like part about these days. Cause you know, my internet usage used to be monitored until I got until about like high school really. So mm. them being so open and then parents being so open about everything that's going on is really like, um, it, 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 it's, it's really, yeah. I guess the overall energy or morale, you know, amongst the students. Yeah. Like you were saying about, uh, the parents telling the kids, uh, you know, like little context and little things about racism and stuff like that. I look back now, my mom definitely told me and my brother about, cause so to be very frank, like we went to private white schools like our entire life, you know, in high school got a little bit better cause like, you know, there's a few more black people or whatever. And then, you know, college got a lot more better. It's like, there's everybody, like there's, you know, black, Indian, Chinese, whatever, cool. 
but for the most part when we were younger like she would tell us stuff but she wouldn't completely lay it on thick she would be like hey like you can't do this even if they do this you still can't do it and i'll be like why not she'd be like you just can't like and i don't think she wanted to open up the world of racism to us completely you know what i'm saying like i don't think she wanted to be like because you're black like who's trying to tell that to like a 10 year old like you're not trying to tell that to a 10 year old like you're not trying to ruin their life you just be like you know you can't do this just just listen to me like i'm your mother i'm right just you know like like just trust me and i feel like it kind of did age me my brother a lot like you were saying because like you know you, you think i'm political oh my god dave bro he's like he knows about stuff that i don't i haven't even researched and i'd be like how do you know this what is but he's older than me so he's he's had it he's had the talks about racism and all the other stuff way more than i have and then you know i'm the youngest too so like you kind of shelter the youngest a little bit more than you shelter the oldest one because like he's older so he can take it and i feel like you know that does age you a lot like you were saying earlier because if you tell a 10 or nine, 10, eight, whatever year old little boy or little girl, like, hey, like you can't do this because you're black. It's like that stays with them for the longest. Mm-hmm. Like you're eight years old. I can't do this because I'm black. What? I'm, I'm a kid. I'm like, I'm eight. I don't vote. I don't pay taxes. You take care of me. Like, I don't even know how to go to sleep without you. Like, you, know, you, you, you might still be tying my shoe for me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm mommy's little boy. You feel me? And you've been telling me this since I was eight, and I'm like gonna be 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. And it's like for almost 20 years, I can't do stuff because I'm black. Yeah, you're right. I don't wanna live here. I don't want life sucks. This is it. I'm done. And this kind of plays into the whole mental health, like you were saying earlier. Like, this is why a lot of kids are so depressed because they're so young and you can't do this because you're black and you can't do this because you know you're a boy. You can't do this because you're a girl and it's 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 fucking them up mentally. And like they're screwed. So now they go to therapy and the therapist gives them drugs. Now the drugs make them don't want to go to class or do anything. And now it's a whole cycle. And then, you know, the parents know what they're doing. Like, especially the ones that go to college, like they, a lot of the, like I was first, I was first generation college kid. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, nothing against my dad or whatever. Like, you know, he was gangster. Like he was dope. Like I love my dad. He's awesome. But you know, he doesn't really know about the college stuff. You feel me? So he right. was like, I, I don't know. It's like, whatever you think is best, do what you think is best. So it's like, he's free balling it. So he don't know what's going on. So now that I did college, like, am I going to do my kids right in college? Like I was a first generation kid. I don't know what's going on either. You feel me? It's it's a whole, I'm starting a little tangent, but like it's a whole fucked up generation but, of kids coming up. And I feel like, you know, because we see this, because the hard part is the kids that I teach right now are in that middle generation where it's like some of them are our parents' generation and some of them are kind of right in our generation. So that's kind of where we have to make that shift and think about all of the little things. Like even like, I love my parents to death. Um, I had a great childhood. They've always said, they still take care of me. I'm 26 years old. Um, But I know there's still certain things that they did that I wouldn't necessarily do um, as the parenting. So you learn from everything. And that's when we set the roadmap to kind of changing how the, the newer generation feels. Like for with me, you know, something as simple as, okay, when my friends have kids, when I have kids, well, I mean, I won't be saying this to my kids, but like when my friends have kids, it's like, please, I mean, I know my friend's gonna be calling me about 
math stuff. But I'm like, please don't down talk any type of schooling in your house. Like, because they go into school with that attitude. So like little things, you know, as we're addressing the race issue, is there a better way to talk about it for a kid? Like so many people are like, kids need to hear it real. And I'm like, they are not developmentally able to grasp that. And so many of us are like, well, this happened when I was a kid and I'm fine. You're not though, you're not. And somebody should talk to you better because look how you're addressing it now. Um, and you're planning to like scar a child with something like that when there is a way that you can talk to them and get them to understand. Mm-hmm. So it's all about, you know, how you address it with them. Like, yes, there are some fucked up aspects of the world, but you can still make a way for yourself. And that's kind of like where I'm at with my students now. Cause a lot, like I have one student, he is just, whew, he tests my patience on a daily. And, um, I met with his parent and, you know, when I'm I met his parent I was like I went in like I felt bad I said I'm not doing this to just like say your kid is a loser and I hate him but you need to understand the aspects of all the things that he does in my classroom and how it's super unfair and I talked to him the next day I was like dude you gotta chill out like what's going on he was like I was like you're too intelligent he's like no I'm not I'm bad at school and I was like but you're not you have so much potential you're just focusing on the wrong thing but that's what he truly believes he's like I'm bad at school I'll never be good at school And I'm like, why do you feel this way? Like, you know, um, so really instilling in them that they can do better and there are ways for them to do better because he doesn't think he can do better. He thinks he's like- You know what that could be? And I could be completely wrong, but it could be either, I don't know if he has any siblings or I don't know how his relationship is with his parents, but parents sometimes say subtle things, but they don't even know that they're saying it because- they are raised because like their parents just say to them and like little slick things like, oh, you're stupid. Like, but you don't really mean it. You're kind of just joking with them, but you say it enough. The kid be like, maybe I am stupid. And then so like you said, he comes to class and like he does it right. And you be like, no, you're smart. You be like, no, I'm stupid. It's like and then especially because like you're a teacher. How are you going to be right over my mom? My right. mom is saying this for like three years. You're telling me I'm smart for the past week and a half. Why would I shut up? You don't know what you're talking about. What? Why are you talking to me? You feel me? Yeah. Like, and it could be the older sibling too. Like the older sibling, like, bro, shut up. You're dumb. Like you're dumb as fuck. Like, why are you talking to me? Get out my face. You know what I'm saying? Like just over the years could really just mentally get to them and be like, yeah, I'm kind of stupid. Like I'm, you know, like I'm dumb. Like you're right. You know, but like, I like with it too, like being the teachers who that really like certain teachers just kind of write kids off like they're like you're bad whatever get out my face so there are some kids who I would love to just ignore some days but I'm like if I don't come and talk to him or talk to her about what's going on then I'm doing a disservice to myself to my classroom to that student and to my other co-workers because everybody is just writing them off and that's where a lot of students are like oh teacher's just gonna write me off regardless so whatever, they don't care. I'm just gonna do what they wanna do. They're just gonna write me up or never talk. So it's like having that conversation, like, why are you the way that you are? Like, I've had so many of those conversations already. Like, mm. what are you gain? You know, and I see it working a little bit. It's a long road to um, not wanting to strangle some kids some days. But um, I thought I would do that because I would never harm those precious children. Disclaimer. Um, but uh, sometimes it, you might gotta fight a kid, bro. 
It's bad. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, I my kids the other day. <laughs> kidding, kidding. The, the, the students in my middle school have a problem with saying excuse me in personal space. And this kid, you know, I'm short. Okay. This kid like almost knocked me over. I almost like hit the floor and slid. That's how hard he bumped into me. And I told my kids, I was like, next child in this building that bumps into me like that, I'm going to put my elbow in their whole chest. Like, I don't even care. And I hope they catch it on camera and I'll be on Channel 2 Action News because <laughs> I want people to understand and stop messing with me, okay? Like, oh man, uh, like at that point, it's self-defense because he did not have to bump into me that hard. Like, I was like, You're right. excuse you. He said, oh, my bad. Boy. So, you, you know, little stuff like that. It, it is hard. Sometimes kids do take you there. But I told my students, I was like, you know, even if I do a little throat outline and say, you know, like, you know, I'm still like, y'all are 12, 13. Some of y'all may be even 14. I'm 26 years old. There's nothing that you can say that made me want to jeopardize my literally support for living right now. Like, this is my food. We had a conversation um, about, you know, class disruption and part of it was arguing with teachers. I was like, y'all, we ain't gonna talk about this because we don't do that in here because I'm not gonna argue with you, okay? If you want the last word, if you think you had a one-up on me, good job, congratulations. I love that for you. You need that win, huh? Because that that's that's why you act the way you act. Um, but other than that, y- you know, I try to really like pour into them even on the road days. And I try to find ways to talk to them that doesn't constantly just be like, oh, they just think I'm a disappointment or, oh, they're always yelling at me. Cause there are some kids that I have to talk to every single day. And I try not to, but I'm also like, you can't let that slide. But at certain points I just come and be like, are you not tired of doing this back and forth with me and your other teachers? What's going on? And that's when they really like have certain things to say or some other things come out. But I'm like, yeah, cause you can't keep at them like this. Cause it's a problem. And at that point, if I if I if I get to the point where I'm really uh well no I don't really have that much patience but I have a lot more patience in the classroom. But my like I told my kids they know I'm one of the most like laid back teachers when it comes to certain things because I've seen how bad a classroom can really get. So in my current school I'm like certain things I'm like whatever bro okay I guess <laughs> so um. If I'm really on you about something, that means you probably are fucking up. You need to get your shit together. Yeah, get your stuff together. I feel it though. But um, so I feel like uh, you know, we've um talked a lot of good stuff about this podcast. I feel like you know we've covered a lot of ground, a lot more ground than we did last time. I feel like we got a lot deeper uh this go around, and I feel like we got deeper because like you know we got closer. Me and you got closer like over the year um just like talking to each other like every now and then and you know just catching up or whatever um you getting mad at me on twitter that one time uh besides that (laughs) and i wasn't mad i was just like i just know he did not do what i think he did but i didn't know that was the thing you remedy well it's because i just do not like my name out there because my students are so heavy on social media yeah um I don't want to come up in any searches. So, like, literally, when I started teaching and realized that, like, my kids were on social media, like, on my personal Instagram, I don't have, I don't even have, like, Nikki on my personal Instagram. Um, when I went viral one time for saying, like, I hit the spelling of Colonel, one of my coworkers found me. And that's how I put my page on private and changed my um, picture and, like, oh, my name. 
and you know I just don't want them like I went through and I searched my last name and my you know government name yeah and I deleted every tweet that I could. I was DMing friends like, hey, I know this tweet is from like 2014, but can you delete this? Um, just even though a whole bunch of other stuff will come up before you find me. Ah, them kids are. Yeah, no cap. Social media is scary because you can even, I was able to find my Twitter through my cash app. Like one day I just randomly looked it up and like my Twitter popped up. And I was like, that's what? okay that's really weird and i've been wanting to post my cash app and stuff but it has my actual name on it and i won't change that for a certain reason so i'm like Dang, i could be getting money off twitter because people be feeling bad for teachers but i can't ever really do it so yeah actually uh i want to donate to uh the classroom sorry next semester because like now that i have a higher paying job and you know photography is going crazy you know i'm, I'm actually start uh donating to like teachers and you know more churches and things like that um not really like ties or anything but just like just giving money or just giving items you know like pencils paper you feel me like things like that because you know if you got it you know you like i don't i don't really spend my money so it's like i mean like steaks yay but like i don't really spend my money so yeah i'm gonna start uh donating to you know things like that i'm actually i want to come to your school one day and like i don't know give a speech or something <laughs> well you can't i'm trying to start a thing um, and it's harder because we have like different lessons, but on Mondays, we have a section of time called advisement. And as part of my motivation Monday, I want to start having my friends come in on a Zoom call with my kids and like talking to them. Um, and just so they can kind of see that, or even maybe like on the last day of the semester, the first and second semester, because last year, my kids wrote questions for some of my friends and I got on a Zoom and recorded it. And read all the questions and it was very entertaining for them. So just seeing like other aspects of things, like things I don't think about. Also for photography, you know, I can talk to my principal. You can actually come in and talk to my yearbook kids and kind of go through. Oh yeah, definitely. Actually, let's set that up. Just text me and we can set that up probably like next semester. You yeah, know. Let them know, this picture sucks. We can do this. Oh, I, I, would, I would say it to them like that. But they don't know. No, like, so <laughs> when I give, so I give photography lessons for free. For people who try to get into the business because mm-hmm. especially because we live in atlanta like everyone can eat like i don't like photographers who i know we're kind of off subject but i don't like photographers who like be kind of like sneaky and don't want to give it i'm like no bro like we can all eat in, in atlanta like in atlanta alone there's like a million people bro trust me we can yeah. all eat because there's only like a hand this bro there's only like pop there's probably less than 200 photographers in atlanta mm-hmm. and we're talking about a million people even if we all like, it's too much, bro. But yeah, like I give free photography lessons like to people all the time. Like people DM me like, yo, how'd you do this? I'd be like, yo, I had X right here. I did Z right here. I did P, Q, R, I did all this right. And this is how I got the picture. And they'd be like, oh, bet. They'd be like, why'd you do it like that? I'd be like, there's really no reason. I just thought it looked cool. And that's it. And I'd be like, I'd be like everything's subjective. You know, like there's really no such thing as a bad picture. I was like, I just think you look pretty right here. My client thought it was pretty or this model thought it was pretty. So it was a win-win. But yeah, I'll definitely come through to your, you know, your book or whatever, you know, talk to the kitties, you know, make sure they, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, Nikki, I'm so glad that you came on out of your busy schedule because, you know, I know you with your mans, you know. I know, you know, you probably going to movies later or something like that. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much, though. I really do appreciate it. Um, this season has been especially good for me. 
uh, you know, a lot more listeners, a lot more diverse, everything like that. Thank you, you so much. You deserve. Even when you get on my nerves, you deserve. Oh, uh, heart. <laughs> yeah, I make the other half. Anything that you want to say to wrap it up before we go, get out of here so you can continue Sunday. Um, as we leave again, just pray for teachers. Um, we struggling out here, but we're making it happen. And also, all y'all be blessed. I know it ain't easy for anybody, really, as we're recovering, still in it, trying to get through it. So, you know, all the blessings and love. Thank you for listening today. It was a pleasure to be here. All right. That's wrap it up, man. Versus Nikki. Talk to you later, okay?